All right, y'all. So I'm going to start talking today about what it's like to be after God's own heart, you know? Um, This series is on self-love, and that's a lot of what's going to be coming out from this podcast because self-love is really important, and I think that the way to get to self-love is to love God and then know what love feels like in order to love yourself and to love other people. And so we're just going to jump right into it. Um, I'm just going to pray really quick. So God, please open up people's ears and people's hearts, people's minds, allow their words to speak wisdom to other people after they hear this, Lord, allow them to self-reflect and not think that this is a personal attack, Lord, that, that you are trying to do a real work in them, God, and let them pray not to just change their circumstances around them and the people around them, but for you to really do a deep dive into who they are and, and what needs to be fixed in them, Lord. Amen. And so the first question I have for you guys today is, what does your self-image look like? Not when you're describing yourself to other people, but what is your self-image when you are by yourself in your room, you know, just looking in the mirror? Like, I know that a lot of the times when I was younger, I would consistently look in the mirror and be like, wow, my lips sag. I have way too small eyes. I've got pimples the size of the Andes Mountains. That was like my favorite line. Uh, I'm too short. I look Asian, but I'm Latina. Um, I would say things like, I have too much cellulite. Uh, My toes are ugly. I don't know. I would find every itty bitty little thing about myself to hate. And it it just wasn't good. And so I want you to pause this and really ask yourself, what does your self-image look like? And write down maybe five things that you see yourself when you look in the mirror. And you know, one of the things that I used to hate was when people would compare me to my dad because when I was younger, my dad wasn't exactly the best example of what love should look like. And he wasn't around much. And then, you know, when I moved to Florida, he wasn't around at all, and he stopped calling, and he moved here, had another family, and so I was just, I was upset, and I was angry anytime anybody would tell me that I looked like my father. And so I just, I hated it. And so whenever I looked in the mirror and I saw him, I would I would literally get disgusted, and I'd be like, this is what I look like, I look like a man. And then at that, I look like a man who doesn't even know how to love. And so that was something and so I really really want you to take a minute and just look at yourself and and think to yourself what are some things negatively that I have been saying to myself or even positively if your self-image is perfect it which is not like nobody's self-image is perfect but if your self-image is great then kudos to you like that is amazing Uh, but I still think that there's a lot that you can learn today so I'm just gonna go over the first half um and so the second question I have for you is what is your relationship with God look like? You know, do you have a relationship with God? Do you not have a relationship with God? And if you don't have a relationship with God and you're listening to this podcast, well then, this is a really great start. Um, And so I just, I don't want to sit here and pretend that I'm perfect because honestly, I'm not. And I am far from perfect. But you know what? I am also as close close to perfect as I'm going to get because, you know, God is in me and he is perfect. And if God is in me and he is perfect, then I strive for that perfection every day and it touches me every day. You know, I invited him into my life, into my heart. And so the decisions that I make 
are based off of what he has asked me to do. And at one point in my life, you know, I went through my diary the other day. And it's crazy because I I looked at one of the the things that I wrote about myself. And the title of the entry was Firefingers because yes, I do I do title all of my entries as if they were like songs or whatever the case. <laughs> and it was just talking about how I drag my fingers behind me and they light flames on everything that I touch, walls, objects, even people. And I specified that I destroy people's lives and that I I don't deserve people love and that I hurt people too much that I shouldn't be alive. People would be better off without me, you know? And and I think that was the biggest lie that the enemy has ever told me is that I am a people destroyer, which is not the case at all. I mean, I am a people builder. I have gone through hating myself and and destroying myself and and that caused me to hurt other people because hurt people hurt people you know and right now in the place that I am at and I look back and I'm like wow the enemy really tried to use my self-image and whisper lies into my mind to tell me that I'm a destroyer when my purpose is to be a people builder. My mission in life is to is to provide people with things that they don't have, whether that be self-respect and worthiness or or basic things like water and food and a house and a job and security. I strive for that every day. That's what I'm going to college for. And you know what? The enemy tried telling me that I was the complete opposite but that's how i know that this is my purpose you know like how would the enemy try so hard to convince me that i'm not exactly what i was supposed to be and that's the first thing that you guys have to realize is that the enemy is going to try so hard to convince you that your purpose is the opposite of the way that you feel right now and so the first thing that i want to ask and, and that I want you to take away from this is that you cannot love other people until you love yourself. And I'm pretty sure you've heard this, but I was in the shower one day and, and I was really thinking about it. And I was like, oh my gosh, um, this Bible verse says, love your neighbor as you love yourself. But how are you supposed to love your neighbor if you don't know how to love yourself? You know, and, and a question is how are you so willing to love other people and to provide for other people, but not even for yourself? And there was this poem that I listened to, right? And it says, how can you fill up my cup so consistently, but treat your own cup so irresponsibly? And I thought that was so powerful to really think that you could tell somebody they're worth it, and, and that their purpose is greater than what they're going through right now. And, and people that genuinely consider suicide, they don't realize that it's a permanent solution to a temporary problem. And you try and teach them that and, and you try and instill them worthiness and, and you try to build them up day after day. But you're really just giving them nothing because you treat yourself the exact way that they're treating themselves. And you're telling them you're, they're worth it. And then you go home and you're like, you're nothing. You're telling them they're beautiful. And then you look in the mirror and you say, I'm ugly. 
You tell them that they have a great personality and then you go home or even you in that moment, you're like, but I wish I was you. I wish I had that. And then in another line of this poem, it hit me so deeply because it said to treat yourself like someone you love. I mean, could you imagine that? Your best friend, your mother, your sister, your child. I mean, if you don't love yourself, your child is going to teach you how to love yourself because you'll end up treating yourself the way that you treat them. Or vice versa, you'll end up treating your kid the way that you feel on the inside and then that just ends up hurting them. And so one thing that I want you to imagine, right? Someone that you really really care about gets into a really toxic relationship and it starts out really beautiful and they tell you about how this person treats them amazingly and they respect them and and they said that they're beautiful and they build them up every single day right and it's just this beautiful flower that's blooming and then all of a sudden the person grows into a weed and they start sucking the life out of the person that you love so much. They start beating them. They start mentally tearing them down, slashing into their spirit, saying that they're nothing. Every self-criticism that that person had is now coming out. The person that I love doesn't love me anymore. But I love them so much, I want to keep them. I'll do anything to keep them. And you notice that this is happening. At this point, you're ready to freaking blow up and have a whole militia go to their house with machetes and shotguns and just kill this person and their entire family because God knows that that person should never have been born in the first place for treating the person you love so badly. And and you're willing to go the extra mile and, and commit murder for this person that you love so much. And they don't know their worth. And yet, you will not treat yourself with the same respect. So how are you willing to fight for someone who doesn't know their worth, but not fight for yourself, but know who you belong to? You belong to Christ. He has told you that you are valuable and precious. And in the Bible, it says to guard your heart, but how can you guard something that you continuously attack? And better yet, how can you guard something from yourself that is empty because all you do is rip away the joy and rip away the happiness and rip away the love that has been filled by the glory of God in it? How? And at one point, I really had to think to myself, like, why do I feel this way? God changed something in me because I don't want to feel this way. And as sure as heck, don't want to keep treating people the way that I'm treating them. Running from guy to guy to guy because I never felt worthy enough of a man's love. And this started at such a young age. And then I realized something. Is that I had to see myself the way that God saw me, not for my mistakes and everything that I've done to hurt him, but how I overcame them and how I try to do better. Not for my past and not seeing it as a curse, but seeing it as the blessing that got me to where I am because there is no testimony without test. There is nothing that God has given you that you cannot handle and I know that it seems like it may not 
be right in the moment and you're asking god why why me why is this happening why do i feel so torn down lord why am i feeling so betrayed right now where are you and he's saying i'm right here surrender yourself to me allow me to go deep into your heart and fix what has been broken by those who have torn torn you down and and the, the biggest thing that that i can tell you is that god wants relationship for you god wants all those beautiful majestic things that come with relationship he wants you to have trust and he knows he knows that the person that you used to trust hurt you he knows that you were beaten in that previous marriage whether that be mentally physically emotionally he knows that that other pastor treated you so wrong he knows that your mother or your father didn't love you the way that you were supposed to, but he is there. And he is trying to bring people into your life so that you can see your worth. So that they can build you up while you're trying to build yourself up. To fill your cup, run over in your cup so eventually you can tell people, I've been through it. I know what it's like. I I have been beaten and bruised and burnt and and torn down and i'm still standing because the love and the glory of the lord is so merciful that he has picked me up every time i needed it matthew 28 11 says take my yoke for my burden is easy and my yoke is light that may not be the exact scripture but it's fine (laughs) and he's telling you I can make it easier for you. And nobody ever said that being a Christian was going to be easy. That that every sin in the world would be just diminished from your entire being. That's false. <laughs> and, and so many people are going to be like, why would a gracious, so merciful God tell you that you're supposed to go through this trial? Because you know what? If the plants and the freaking world has seasons, then so are you. If Jesus was tempted, so are you. And there is no person on earth who has not gone through what you are gone through what you have gone through is not specific to just you and if he can heal those hearts he can heal yours i promise and there's that is why this message is called after god's own heart because if you have a relationship with him then you're after his heart and you can treat yourself like someone that you love. You know that moment when when you get into a really, really amazing relationship and at the beginning, you guys are in this honeymoon stage and, and you're just like, oh my God, no, <laughs> stop giving me compliments. You know, I'm not used to that. But then like low key in your brain, you're like, no, don't stop giving me compliments. I really like it. Like, please. <laughs> And and it's so sweet. And that's how God wants to treat you. He wants to bless you and bless you and bless you. And you're like, God, it's okay. I get it now. I love you so much. But we have to realize that the honeymoon phase ends even with God. And you just have to fall back in love. And so point number, I think, number three. You are blessed to be a blessing. Let me say that again. You are blessed to be a blessing. 
So don't you dare take away other people's blessings because you refuse to believe that you are one. And so the first half of this message, because that was just the prologue, is that you continuously commit spiritual suicide. I mean, come on, how many of you have ever felt like you were not enough? And and how many of you have ever felt like you were never going to reach expectations of other people or even the ones that you've put on yourself? We're going to go into John chapter 6, verse 5 through 13. This is about how the disciples were feeding the 5,000. And I know what you're thinking. Oh my God, it's Sunday school all over again. You know, like the the whole running over and 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 provision and and god fed the five thousand with two fish and five loaves and there was so much left over and it's all about blessing and 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 putting in the 10 percent and getting like 170 back you know because god is a god of abundance and not just in provision but like people too because you know the, the planet is a little overpopulated but let me tell you that perspective is everything because when jesus walked up that mountain he looked up to the sky and said god please help me allow these people to get the message that you're trying to give them today and then he looked out on the people and and he saw people that needed help even though it seemed inconvenient he saw people that needed his word his father's word and and that was so important because a lot of the times we tend to see, God, where is our blessing? God, I've been asking for this and asking for this, but we continuously throw it out the window because it seems too inconvenient in the moment for us to deal with. And then we miss out on the blessing that God was trying to give to us in the first place. And specifically in there, in verse 8, Jesus is going to ask you questions to make sure that you're paying attention. Because he asked, how are we going to feed all these people? Already knowing what was going to happen. So my question is, are you paying attention? Are you paying attention to the things that God is trying to show you? And in this verse, we see an intersection of, of never enough and, and too much. They had five loaves and two freaking fish to feed over 5,000 people because let me tell you, it says men in the Bible, not men, women, and children. So there was more than 5,000 people. There were 12 baskets left over. And so the basic principle here is that God is a God of never not enough. And so he is wondering how the heck if he is a God of never not enough that you think that you are not enough. He is a God that has told you that that he has made you in perfect love. You were born in perfect love. It doesn't matter the circumstances of the family you were born into. It doesn't matter if you were birthed from different father than your sister or or if if you were born and you went into a foster care, it doesn't matter whatever happened because God created you out of love. You were meant to be put on this planet to show his love. And and the thing is that 
when you criticize yourself, you're telling God that he didn't do a good enough job with you. In John chapter 8, verse 44, it's talking about how the devil was a murderer. He is a liar, that he is he is fully clothed and created in lies and that and that he creates death with his lies it says that he is a murderer and in another scripture that i'm sure everybody knows is that there is life and death in the power of the tongue and so when the enemy is whispering lies into your ears and you believe them and you speak them over yourself you are literally speaking the spirit of self-criticism into your body and that is the spirit of death You are killing yourself. You are killing your spirit. You are killing what God has put in you. And in Genesis chapter 1 verse 27, it says that you are made in God's image. And so when you say that you aren't this, when you aren't that, when you wish that you had what somebody else has, you're telling God that he is ugly in all of those areas as well. You are made in his image. You look like him. You have the emotions that he has. So when you say, I'm too emotional, I'm too, I'm too loud, I'm too talkative, God has put that in you for a reason. Own it. Do something with it. Because you were made for more than what you were putting yourself down for. And every time that you listen to the devil and what he said to you, and you repeat it over to yourself. You are slashing away every little bit of human being that you were created to be. And when you agree with the lies of the enemy, it kills your heart. Because your heart is after God's. And if if you have a heart that is empty because you continuously kill it, and you're supposed to be after God's heart, then you're just chasing a phantom. Because you don't have a heart to chase after. Because you're killing gods. You're trying so hard. God, where are you? God, what what can I do? And he says, accept yourself. Accept yourself. Because when you accepted me, that's the next step. And so I want you to take a minute. And just write down a time where you have self-criticized yourself. What happened? Why did it happen? What are the root causes of those actions? Take a a minute to just close your eyes and imagine the little version of yourself that originally felt that emotion of... I remember once I, I was talking to this man... And he was a master course teacher at my at my program. And he created this app called Sensi because he really believed that the brain was so powerful that it could overcome physical pain. And and I had I had a, a talk with him and he kept telling me, This is a great idea. And I was like, Yeah, but I don't want to feel responsible if somebody gets hurt because of this. And he says, their actions are their own. Why are you going to feel guilty and putting blame on yourself 
I want you to take a second to close your eyes and imagine yourself at whatever age it was that you first felt blame put on you. That you first put blame on yourself. And I remember it was the day that my mom sat me down on her bed and she told me that my dad wasn't coming home. And I thought it was my fault. And in my entire life after that, up until I was about 17, 18 years old, and I'm only 19 right now, so it's only been a year and a half of my self-journey, like self-love journey. But I remember just feeling like everything was my fault. When relationships died, it was my fault. When, when my dad left, it was my fault. When my sister was crying, it was my fault. When my grandmother died, the only person that had really shown me love, it was my fault. I should have done better. And now I know that, you know, there's always two sides. And yes, I can take responsibility for whatever happened in that relationship. And I will always take responsibility, even if I did the smallest of things. But I will not take the full pressure of it all because I know that I am made for more. And when I do that, I'm just weighing myself down. And I put chains on myself. And I finally, finally broken free of all of that. No more guilt and no more blame to put on myself that wasn't mine to carry in the first place. What are you carrying that wasn't yours to carry in the first place? And back to the self-criticism thing. It's You're only criticizing yourself because you're comparing yourself. And in a day and age with social media, I mean, it is basically impossible not to compare yourself. I wish I had her body. I wish I had his body. I wish I had facial hair. I wish that I could do makeup the way that she did. And we feel all this pressure to be perfect and to be special. But when you start feeling like you aren't special, it's because you're looking at yourself through the eyes of someone who isn't God. Because God thinks that you are so special. You are so unique. And he's made you that way. You have talents. You have gifts. Use them. And you know what? Something I, I learned from Pastor Michael Todd is that you need to stop looking at yourself through the eyes and listening to about yourself. Like, if someone is trying to tell you who you are, stop listening to someone who does not know who they are. How are they supposed to tell you who you are when they don't even know who they are? It just doesn't make sense. And you're comparing yourself to all these people who are comparing themselves to other people. But comparison, it'll kill your joy. It'll kill your family. It'll kill your purpose. As I mentioned before, the enemy tried to kill my purpose. And so I want you to think back to the story of how Jesus died. Because um, also in... Another scripture, it says that Jesus' brothers, you know, he, he wanted 
them to go into Galilee so Jesus could show who he was. He wanted, they wanted Jesus to prove himself. But Jesus knew that people in Galilee didn't like him and that if he went in there, he would die. And Jesus literally died because people didn't like him. And so if Jesus couldn't please everybody, what makes you think that you can? Stop pretending to be other people. Stop pretending to be someone you're not. Stop only showing a part of yourself so that people can feel good when they're around you. Because then that just makes you feel like a fraud. It makes you feel like you're less than other people's expectations. But expectations were meant to be proceeded. They, were, they weren't meant to hold us down. We need to start having a growth mindset instead of a goal mindset. Because expectations hold us down. They, 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 they make us think that we're not good enough when we try our best. And so something that is so, so important is to remember, do not fake it until you make it. It is a lie, a lie from the enemy. You fake till you make because you're trying to perform something that you do not believe. You don't believe that you're happy, but you're trying to be happy. And I, I remember in... in the dorm rooms, I had just finished watching a movie with my friends and, and one of my friends had left before the second movie started. And after the movie had finished, I was helping um, her roommate bring her beanbags back into the room. And I walk in and she's hugging another friend of ours and she's just bawling. Her eyes are red. She's crying. Her her lip is quivering. She's I don't know what to do. Like, it's okay. I'm fine. I'm fine. Like, it's okay. I'm fine. And she's really sitting here trying to convince people that she's fine when she's bawling her eyes out. Like, that is, that is, that is so crazy to me. That, that we convince ourselves and we try to convince other people in the midst of our storm that we're doing okay when we know that they could help us. Faking it till you make it is a lie. You are overwhelmed with the burden of how you're feeling. It, it just, it tears down everything in you. It's okay to feel. You're not too emotional, ladies. You're not feminine men. It's something that I've tried to do is I try to dress the way I want to feel. At the beginning of this year, I was in sweatpants and sweatshirts and I was like, yeah, no, I'm not cute. Uh, mm -mm. Do you see the way that I'm dressed? I don't know. And other people be like, you're so pretty. And I'd be like, I look like shit. I look like a hobo. Excuse my language. I am ugly. And I'm not perfect. I drink. I'm in college. I try not to do it. It happens. But. I try not to do it in excess, but when it does happen, I try to make sure that I'm not in a negative mood when I drink. That I don't feel sad, and that's the reason that I'm drinking. I want to make sure that when I'm drinking, I'm in a happy mood. 
and I want to make sure that my mind is in a good place and that I'm not faking it till I make it and that I'm not pretending to be happy and drinking to make other people happy. Because then I end up making a damn fool out of myself, drinking to excess. And then, and then, and then I oh my God, I remember once I went into the cafeteria and I was drinking really heavily and I had cut my hair really, really short because this guy, and don't judge me, this guy that I had um, started seeing who subliminally told me that I wasn't good enough like the whole time um said that he didn't like girls with short hair because they look like guys and so I cut my hair really really short in hopes that it would make me feel better knowing that he didn't find me attractive anymore and it didn't and uh we were all drinking and he was in the room and I was like shot after shot after shot after shot and I was mixing drinks and then I went to go get ice cream and all of a sudden I started bawling in the middle of the cafeteria blurting out all of our business to the entire school that was in there and I oh my god and then he walked in while I was in the middle of crying and talking about this and and my friends had to like pull me out and we just sat in the grass and I was crying and then we ended up just praying and like going back to the room and I went to sleep but it was just like the next day I hadn't realized what I did and I was like oh my god oh my god did I really do this Oh my god, did I really tell them that? Oh my god, oh my god. And and it, it's like, they're laughing about it because it's funny to them. But the reality of it is, it's just embarrassing. It's so embarrassing. And now they will never be able to look at him the same. And I didn't tell them too much personal information, but I did tell them things that happened in the relationship, which was just a situation ship because I didn't respect myself enough place boundaries and I just cried and I was just like oh no and to this day he does not know (laughs) but honestly guys if you need to cry then cry find people who aren't gonna get tired of your bs and every time that you tried to fake it till you make it you know it didn't work And so just remember, you belong to Jesus. You belong to God. You know, and and a landlord is a person who takes care of whatever's broken in a house when you're renting it. And when you give your life to God, he stays in your house. He is the landlord. He, He owns the body that you inhabit for the moment. And he's telling you, stop trying to fix it on your own. You don't have to pay for this anymore. I'm here. Let me fix it. Stop allowing the bucket under your roof to continue leaking. Stop stop trying to patch up a hole when... There's an entire area that's missing, causing this leak. And when you're sad and you're bitter and you have a hole in your roof, or or as the analogy goes, then that starts to leak out into other places. And it starts to get into the walls, and the walls, you can, you can clean them up all you want, but the mold is still inside. It's still 
there and it's still rotting everything because you have not dealt with the core issue. And God says, let me fix it without charge. He said, I sent my son to pay for all of that. Why are you still trying to deal with it on your own? Allow me to help you. And so I really hope that you guys take this into consideration and that you really, really think about what's going on in that moment and just call on God and say, I don't want to give an empty cup. I want to give out of the heart that you have given me. And I don't want to continue to batter it and to destroy it. I want to create life. And the amazing thing is, it takes two to tangle, (laughs) y'all. To make a baby, it takes a man's sperm and a lady's egg. You can't just procreate on your own, even though scientists are trying right now. It's not the way that things go. And so just to end, remember that this isn't the end and that love takes so much more time but the first thing you need to do is remember who you belong to stop criticizing his creation to remember that everything has a season and that you were never not enough you were always enough so treat yourself like someone you love guys treat yourself the way god tries to treat you the way that he sees you and to remember that perfection perfection is not something that's obtainable but to remember that every day you are trying and you have breath in your lungs enough to keep trying and god sees your heart when he invites you into heaven he doesn't see anything else he sees that you tried that you turned your life around and you don't need to have something special about what you do in your gardening class or play an instrument or sing like Mariah Carey because if you genuinely begin loving yourself people will start asking where the heck does she get all that confidence how the heck does he walk around knowing he owns the place but not act cocky as heck where is he getting that from and then you'll be able to teach it And you'll be able to say, I got it from God. And they'll be like, maybe I should try that because apparently everything else that I've been trying hasn't worked. So remember your worth. And this is only the first half of a two to three part series. I'm not exactly sure yet, but I will get back to you guys on that. Love you. Pray out.